to straight from the horse's mouth where we cut the BS and give you the truth all about sports. I'm Eric Rashall hosting this show with Bryce Orley. What's up, what's up, what's up, people? We are back in the building for episode 40. We are 40 episodes deep and just straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us, you know, since the very beginning. We're going to keep giving you content, keep pumping this stuff out, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, but we are 40 episodes in, Eric. Damn, that's a lot. You know, I, I, you know I'm just glad we're still here with it. Because, you know, you know, just just for you know future reference, a lot of people get discouraged because this stuff's not easy to start, but we're going to stick with it always. Uh, most, most definitely. Like, 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 I, like I told you at the very beginning, man, like, I've been wanting to do this for seven years, eight years, you know what I'm saying? Since 2013, right? Since my freshman year of college, I've been wanting to do a podcast. My dad and my brother are have been, I was just talking to my brother uh, yesterday. He was like, like when he heard I started the podcast, he was happy because they had been wanting me to do one for years. Like, hey, Bryce, do this, do that, do that. So for me to stop now, once starting, it would be foolish. It would be crazy. I got, I got plans, bro. And uh, this is just the beginning for us. Trust me. It, it takes time. I mean, I mean, it's not supposed to be overnight sensation. I get that. This is this. Is, I mean, people, real success takes work. Definitely does. Not, not forty episodes. Maybe not eighty. Maybe not even hundred. It takes a long. I mean, you read Joe Rogan's story on the internet. Took him a while. Yeah, uh, uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Budden, like. Bill Simmons, like it takes a while for stuff to to click in and hit, uh, even for celebrities. Like there are celebrities who have podcasts that that suck that nobody that nobody listens to. You know what I'm saying? Like there are celebrities right now who they they can make a movie and a hundred million people will pay money to go see them at the movies. They record an episode of them doing something low key, like on YouTube. No one watches it. Like. It's hard for, you know what I mean, day in, day out, week in, week out to the grind, man. But we're going to be here, and we're going to continue to do it. Absolutely. And uh, with that being said, I would be remiss if, um, first, I'm going to give a shout-out to, not shout-out, because that sounds weird, but um, I want to pay our respects to, to two to two people. First, um, to, to the, the legendary actress, Cecily Tyson. Um, she was in a lot of movies, especially a lot of, a lot of movies, especially in the African American, uh, scene. She was in a lot of big, big projects. She was in Sounder. She was in a lot, two, two of Tyler Perry's movies. Um, I damn near want to say she was in Roots. I could be wrong about that. I don't doubt it though. Yeah, she was in, she was in Roots. Shout out to my high school teacher who made us watch that. Um, and then also. I need to watch it. Huh? Still haven't seen it, but I want to watch it. Yeah, it, it I want to say it briefly. It briefly was on like Netflix, like briefly, but I think it's gone now. It was like a while ago. And then uh, obviously, and then obviously, keeping it in the sports world. Shout out to the legendary Temple coach John Chaney, who passed away. Um, I will all John Chaney. When people don't know who John Chaney is. He's kind of in that mode of like what Mark Few is to Gonzaga. Or what Brad Stevens was to Butler, you know what I'm saying? As far as taking a program that's not really known, that's kind of low key, and putting them on the map, and that's what he did with Temple in the late '80s and early '90s. Like he he put him to prominence, 
And he, with him being an African-American coach, there's only a few, like, titans of college basketball when it comes to, like, African-American coaches, right? Everybody knows about John Thompson because he was, he was a coach at Georgetown with Patrick Ewing and, and uh, Mutombo and Alonzo Mourning and Allen Iverson. Everybody knows about him. And then everybody um, knows about Nolan Richardson and the 40 Minutes of Hell at Arkansas. Right. And, that, and they won a national championship, beat my Duke Blue Devils. But, you know, John Chain's up there, too. He's he's definitely one of the titans as far as those coaches, you know what I'm saying? And he was a, you know, he put a lot of guys in the league who probably wouldn't have never saw, who never had a chance to go to the league, like Eddie Jones and Aaron McKee and all those guys. So, uh, just, yeah. So, shout out to you. May they, may they rest in peace and live on. And um, with that being said, the song of the episode will be... Shout out um, today's Jackie Robinson's birthday. Um, I think, you know, just shout out to him, you know, everything he's done for, I mean, that would be, but just sports in general, breaking the color barrier is a big deal. So today's his birthday. Um, obviously, he's, you know, he's passed on, but shout out to him for all he's done for sports. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, shout out to my brother. He's got COVID. He's had it for almost about a week now. My, most of my family tested negative, but, you know, he's got it. So after making some music of Linwood, so, you know, maybe that touches you, Bryce. But anyway, hopefully he recovers. Yeah, uh, hopefully he does. Um, damn, COVID is getting everybody, man. Hopefully this vaccine kicks in real quick. We all get back to to, to, to acting a fool over the summertime. But uh, yeah. Cal- Callie, um, shout out to her. She been supporting us like crazy. And once again, she she gave me some songs. Every song she gave me, she gave me like I asked for some songs for this episode, and she did. She gave me like twenty. Like she sent me a bunch of them. Uh, so, but the song of the episode today is going to be. Balenci's by by Chica. I hope I'm pronouncing their name right. Uh, it's a good song, a chill song, a, a, a good vibe song. Um, but uh, let's let's get into it. All right. So first thing here in the sports world that hit first NFL. We we talked about Matthew Stafford, and now quickly since then Matthew Matthew Stafford. Listen, the Lions traded Matthew Stafford. For Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams, they also got um, a couple, you know, first round picks for 2022, 23, and a third round pick for 2021. Before anything, that blows my mind that they, that the Rams would trade Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Now, keep in mind, the Rams had a winning season this year. They they won the wild card round and and but they lost the division round. But they, I mean, you know, they they did well. For this year, you know, nothing, nothing bad. They've been to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. He's had good seasons. He's, you know, he's a great player. And Matthew Stafford, we've talked about. He's he's good. You know, okay, he's not great. You know, he's he's had a, he's inconsistent uh, for how you know what kind of production you want. He's had really really good seasons, and then he's had seasons where it's just not there. Who won in this trade, Bryce? I mean, is there, is there a winner and a loser in this trade? Yeah, the Lions. See, there, there, there is a, there is a rule in sports that the team that gets the better player always wins the trade, right? Who wins the trade? Well, the team that got the better player. I disagree with that because here, here, here's why the Rams to me are, are going to lose this trade, right? Is because of what Matthew Stafford has to do to make the trade worth it, right? It'd be one thing. If Jared Goff just was like, if they were struggling to make the playoffs with him, or if when he did make the playoffs, they got knocked out, that, that's okay. You can replace a guy like that. In order for this trade to make sense, 
Matthew Stafford can't just win a playoff game. Jared Goff's already done that. He can't just get to an NFC Championship game. Jared Goff's already done that. Hell, he can't even get to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff's already done that. He has to win it. He has to win the whole thing in order for this um, trade to, to, to pan out. You know what I'm saying? I just... Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like I, I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not shorting that at all. Like, I understand, like, people say, like, well, you know, the Rams went to a once. They haven't really done... I mean, look, it takes time. We've seen the NFL teams go to the Super Bowl, and after that, like, it, it, like the NFL is a hard sport to repeatedly go to the Super Bowl. It's a very demanding sport. But now they've made this trade, and, and, and it's interesting because they've said now they've sent picks. So I mean, they're—I don't know why—but they're almost betting everything on this whole Matthew Stafford thing. And the GM has made some interesting comments about the fact that like they're, like this is their their statement, like um, or it's almost like he's like trying to you know, like trying to go this new season, almost like a not necessarily rebuilding, but like it's it, it honestly doesn't make sense why he did it, but. Yeah, if, if unless he wins the Super Bowl, this trade has has no point. And honestly, maybe the Lions are going to be a spot of the Rams. Where I mean, well, obviously the Lions have a lot to do, but like you said, the quarterback does a lot. And Matthew Stafford, look, statistically, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. I wouldn't say that at all. But it's kind of like when we talk about the mentality, like with the draft and playing in the postseason. You know, Matthew Stafford's been to the postseason once. Has he? Once, maybe? No, I think he's gone, in, I want to say three times. Okay, so well, three times. And he's been, has he ever made it past the first, have he, has he ever made it out of a round? You know, he's never won a playoff game. Right. So you've got a guy who's, you know, who, who obviously, you know, Jared Goff is still a little inconsistent just because of the up and down they've had. But he's still, but he's still been to the Super Bowl. He's still won games, and he can perform the clutch. You know, and obviously, you know, the Rams, they've just been kind of moving players around. So I can understand why they've had their struggles, but. The trade from Matthew Stafford is so quickly, like no off season, none of this, like just you know, boom, like the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. To me, it seems rushed, and I don't really like it. But it seems like the Lions, to me, are going to definitely win with that trade, especially the fact that they're getting picks too. Well, okay, as far as the timing of it, they kind of had no choice. Um, Matthew Stafford made it perfectly clear to Detroit that he wanted a trade, and it was a lot of teams trying to gear up to make to make a run at him. You heard about San Francisco was possibly getting a package together to get him out of Detroit. You heard about um, Indianapolis possibly putting a package together to get him out of Detroit. So Tom was not on their side. It's not like they could have just wait and hope he just stays there. So I get why, I know, they, but, why but, they pulled but the trigger. Matter, I mean, you have Jared Goff. I'm just saying, like, at least, like, like well, the fact that you even considered that is, 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 is mind-blowing to me for the GM to think about that. So th- this is how – this is why – this is what I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking – because their offense was not that great. Early in the season, they were, like, clicking. They were like a, they had, like, a top 10 offense early in the season. And then it kind of waned um, to, like, the kind of the bottom, I think, bottom half of the league, I want to say. So, I'm thinking that, A, Sean McVay must have felt like, hey, you know what? He must have the same feeling that Kyle Shanahan has with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that, hey, I want to unleash this offense but we can't because I'm pigeonholed by the quarterback. So I'm assuming that Jared Goff, throughout his entire tenure there, never won over Sean McVay as far as him so you being. Think like fresh blood, you think like fresh blood might make it, you know, malleable for a couple of seasons? Because Stafford, I mean, Stafford's not old, but he's getting older. 
So yeah, he's getting older, but he he okay. Don't get it twisted. He is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. You know what I'm saying? Like he I is he, he is a better quarterback. That's that's like I like I said at the beginning. He is like the better. That's why I said he is the better player in the deal. He is the better quarterback. Um, so I'm thinking that if the the Rams want to do a couple of things, one they want a more consistent offense, and they must feel like Matthew Stafford can help keep their offense consistent throughout the season. I agree with that. I do agree that he will be able to, you know, they, they will, he'll be able to ease the, kind of have the reins a little bit and kind of like, they don't have to worry about, well, Jared Goff has to perform like this. He have, you know, They don't have to worry about that. They can kind of open up the offense a little bit and not put as much pressure on the defense and kind of, and kind of make it easier for them to get into the playoffs. They don't have to worry about, you know, competing, well, I hope, you know, we squeak by the, this team and squeak by that team. Because they are right now with getting Matthew Stafford. I would pick them to be prohibitive favorites in the NFC West. Um, I like them over. I've never been a fan of Seattle. Everybody knows that. Um, I, I, I don't believe in the Cardinals and, and anything they got going on. You got the, the uh, you guys got Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's going to pigeonhole you guys. Um, the only thing that really helps us is our defense. Yeah. So, and the Rams, you know, defense got better last year and they locked down a lot of their guys. So, I like them to win a division. But again, we don't, but it's, it's not, but again, this trade has nothing to do with that, right? It's about the Super Bowl. Because, right. like you right. mentioned, they gave away a bunch of picks. You know what I'm saying? They're putting the future on the line. They have a mo- lot of money tied up into. Aaron Donald and a lot of money tied up into uh, Jalen Ramsey and a lot of other guys, Michael Brockers and them on the team. So they've already committed money. They've already um, mortgaged their future pretty much. So this is about the Super Bowl. And what I keep trying to I keep trying to tell people is, and I said it last week, and you just said it today, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's not great. Now, are we saying that because of what we've seen in Detroit? Possibly. You know what I'm saying? Outside of, you know, yeah, Megatron, it's not like he had a lot to work with, I guess, overall. I mean, he's had some a lot of good players. I mean, he threw it, like I said, he had yeah. Calvin Johnson. He had Marvin Jones Jr. He had Golden Tate at one point. Um, he had uh, Kelly Galladay last year. So he had some guys to throw it to. Eric Ebron was up there. But... To me, if you're convincing me that Jared, that Matthew Stafford can get the Rams to the Super Bowl, fair enough. Are you convincing me that he can beat the uh, the Chiefs in in the in the um, in the uh, AFC? I don't think he can. If Buffalo gets some more pieces and gets to the AFC, I don't think he'll be good enough to beat them. So it's a lot, but I just you you know me, Eric. This yeah, love affair yeah. with Matthew Stafford is pissing me off. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I do. I, I'm a bit. Everyone knows I'm big in the stats, so I do like Matthew Stafford's stats. I like Jared Goff's. I will say that you know maybe Matthew Stafford's stats are better. I still feel that they're a little inconsistent, but again, Jared Goff isn't necessarily throwing four touchdowns, four hundred yards, you know, a game, and and surprisingly there. But I, I don't know. I just you know the the team was set a little bit better. Just because Jared Goff was there to help them get there, so maybe you thought they were comfortable. But I can see where you're coming from with the whole idea of like with kind of with Jimmy G in San Francisco. Like it seems like, you know, yes that they're winning, but like the Niners went to the bowl. Do you really see them getting back with Jimmy G? Not likely. Same thing with Jared Goff. They went to the bowl. They did well this year. But do I see them getting back to the Super Bowl, with Jared Goff? 
unless he really starts to break out because he's still young, possibly not. But again, you know, that, I mean, that obviously we won't, we won't see that with the Rams because he's gone. But it'll definitely be interesting to see how Matthew Stafford then comes with the Rams because maybe you're right. Maybe the fact that he needed to kind of move on this new blood coming in with the Rams, maybe they can, you know, open their offense up a little bit more. And that's definitely something, you know, we, we'd like to see. I mean, obviously not for me in the NFC West, but I, it's interesting to see what Matthew Stafford will do with a different uniform. But you know what? We're starting to see more. We're, we're starting to see a, a trend. A lot of these teams are, are not playing when it comes to their young quarterbacks. Like, a lot of these teams are the the are no longer like like pigeon like you're not gonna like what you saw Detroit do with Matthew Stafford, you know what I'm saying? And and what you saw um, some of these other teams do with some of these other guys, like the Giants did with Eli Manning, and you know what I mean? What the Chargers did with Phillip Rivers, those they, we not those days are gone. Like these teams are not playing. We just saw it with Dwayne Haskins in Washington. You see it with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Um, you see, you, you may see it with Sam Darnold and the with the Jets. Like a lot, of, we saw it with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. Like a lot of these teams, man, they are no longer waiting on these guys to develop into anything. Yeah, they're not, they're not taking ten years. They're like, look, you're going to perform well, and you need to meet these expectations. Like Jimmy, like Jimmy G. Okay, went to the bowl. You didn't do well this year. You don't do this year. I mean, like, we're looking at the spots. You know, they're like, Derek Goff, you did great, but, you know, we, we need more now. Um, so, we, you know, these people, they're right there moving on from quarterbacks. Um, because, I mean, like you said, these, these guys are the center of the franchise. I mean, this it's a hard position to play. And if they're not going to keep up with what the team wants and or how they've performed in the past, they're moving on. And there's a lot of value in some of these guys that other teams that don't have good quarterbacks. Yeah, it's – I don't – and, and, and this will be the last thing I'll say on it. I always have a problem with teams who don't do everything in their power to help guys succeed. So, a lot of these quarterbacks, like, yeah, is it, is it on them? Of course. But at the same, at the same time, like, like the whole thing with Washington and Dwayne Haskins, was it what did he do a lot of self inflicted wounds off the off the field? Yeah. But did yes. Washington do everything in their power to help him be successful? No. You know what I'm saying? No, no, they did not. Same thing with Sam Darnold with, with the Jets, right? Did, did they do everything in their power to put him in a position to succeed? No. no. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it, I, I, I would like I would like it to be like I, I don't want this trend to continue where the Kings are just going, Oh well, you know, we didn't he didn't throw for you know, five thousand yards in year three looks like he's gonna be a scrub. Let's get let's move on. Um, I, I don't like that. Tr- I don't like that trend. But I I mean I, I get it because the quarterbacks coming to college like they these they they're producing a quarterback every year. There's a legitimate dude coming out, so it's not like the teams can they have a higher chance of getting a stud. But I, it's that's just something to keep an eye out eye out on. Like it's 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 a trend I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from there, though, we'll move on. Um, unfortunately, and I, you know, I don't like necessarily saying this, but there's another um, assault um, assault charge with, with football, and this time it's the Seattle Seahawks offensive tackle, Chad Wheeler, um, with a domestic violence and a, uh, assault charge. He um, was arrested Saturday morning for allegedly str- um, strangling <laughs> and assaulting his girlfriend 
unconscious at um, the hotel Friday uh, on Friday night. Um, he was released from the jail on a four hundred thousand dollar bond on Tuesday, so he's got a hearing set for um, Wednesday. Um, he's been with Seattle since October twenty nineteen, and now he has been waived, of course. Um, that is now two people that have been. I mean, well, one one on assault, the other one acted out uh, just on a you know breaking COVID protocol. But they've released two people that, so obviously Seattle's not playing. I, I just don't like. I mean, I understand it's an aggressive sport, but I, I don't understand you know why does it stay on the field. I just don't like assault. You know, things happen with football. There's not. I, there's never a place in sports or people's life in general. But it just it's upsetting to hear. Yeah, it's um. The vest, the it's the 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 domestic violence stuff, man. That 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 that's starting to become out and being reported on um, in recent years. It's uh it's troubling, but it, it it's 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 starting to it it's good that it's starting to become to come out right. Like for so long, in um in in this country, it was hidden, right? Like that kind of stuff was not talked about. You know what I mean? Like that aspect of like, you know, couples and relationships and stuff like that was not was not talked about, was kind of kept out, especially from from like celebrities and athletes. Like you really like it's funny. Anytime I always love when I go back and they do these documentaries on these guys and you start hearing about how this guy was this and how this guy was that. You go, "Wow, really? You you never knew." So it's good that now in real time because of the air and because of the climate that we're in, that these things are no longer hidden, that they're coming out. And one thing, one of the details that you find out in this in this scenario, in this case, Vernon Chad Wheeler, was that he did suffer um, from, I believe, I want to say he was bipolar. I'm not sure if he was actually diagnosed with that, but he did take medication for it. And apparently when he was doing going through this manic episode, he wasn't taking his uh, medication. But still, nonetheless, that doesn't get you off the hook for that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't no, get. It might, it might make you more more suspect to it because it's like, okay, well, why aren't you taking your meds? You know, I mean, they obviously gave you them for a reason. So it makes it to me maybe even worse. It's like, look, man, like you know what was gonna happen if you didn't do this. So I mean, well, why? Yeah, it it's um, I don't know, man. It, it's 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 just it's sad because it's like it's one of those things where you 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 gotta and, and you gotta be like when it comes to just like a person or whatever because it turns out the, the person who was involved the young the the victim like she knew she knew he you know was was not taking his medication and stuff like that and we got to start being I don't know I want to say smarter. I don't know if that's the word I want to use because I don't well, think there, that's the there, word. There is a mental health crisis in in, the, in America as it stands regularly. So I mean, obviously that that's a, that's a more political and a different issue. But yeah, maybe, maybe a little more. Um, just you know, I just think the whole country as a help needs help with. Well, I mean, this guy obviously has resources, but just more more adapt to helping these people younger with with mental health issues. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's so strange because. You don't, you don't know, right? Like that's that's the thing about about the things like this is I'm pretty sure his teammates had no idea that I mean he had an incident from like back in like um 2015 when he was at USC, 
But that was in college. I don't know how much of that news actually trickled to his teammates. You know what I'm saying? So you're his teammate. You see him every day. You work out with him. You go out to eat with him. You go on a roll with him. And then, meanwhile, he, he cause I'm, cause you're not convincing me. If he did this once, he probably put her, put, did this to her multiple times. She just probably kept it. You know what I'm saying? On, on the low. Yeah, right. This was a worse, you know, a little more severe. Right. So, it's it's and it's the thing about you. You just don't know. Uh, I'm just glad that she's okay. Uh, I'm glad that he's you know locked up right now. I, well, you say he's on bail now, but yeah, I think I think he, says he wants to get help. He he's admitting he has an issue. Not that it lets him off the hook, but at least he's. I mean, I mean, he's made a lot of apologizing statements you know, on Twitter and saying that he needs to get help. So, you know, hopefully he gets the help he needs and hopefully she recovers. But it's, uh, it's just, you know, it's it sad to see it. I really don't like to see it in sports, much less anybody's lives. But just sad to see it in sports. So, you know, it's, it's, you can't get to, I mean, not that he was necessarily incredibly famous, but just some of these guys, like you said, with the football life, you know, sometimes getting to know your heroes too well isn't always the best thing. True. And uh, and I don't want to be harsh, but I will say this to the NFL. The way the NFL better go after this dude, like 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 they like none before, right? They went after Ray Rice hard, and and rightfully so. They went after Greg Hardy hard, and again, rightfully so. Um, but I, I want them to, you know, I want hell. They went at ZQ Elliott hard, so I want them to to. I want him to. This dude should damn near. Damn near be be banned from the league. You know what I'm saying? At least suspended for a season or two. But I, I want them to I want them to go hard at this. I I don't you know what I'm saying? And I want the news outlets who covered the other guys to cover this too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I, I want to see That's some good. I want to see some fairness in reporting. I don't want to see they mention and they bet night. And what I don't want to see on these news outlets is they keep bringing up the fact that. He's bipolar, not or whatever, not because it's not true, but because to me that's that's kind of trying to paint him in a different light. Well, you know, maybe he wouldn't have done this if he wasn't this and then the third. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? He, he's he, it, it caused racial tension because it's like, well, he's white. You know, the other football players are African American, so it's like, well, you know, like you know, maybe it's like it, it should be the same for everybody. Right. He needs to be penalized and punished. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying. I want I want to see the coverage. And the and the uh, from the from the news outlets to be to be you know just the same as the other guys, and I want the punishment from the NFL to be the same or if not worse. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. Absolutely, but you know we'll, we'll move on from that. You know we'll update you on that situation if there's any you know news or if that becomes a bigger story, or not that it's a small story, but just you know in case anything develops. Now on to something a little less depressing. Um, the Super Bowl is a week from today and we are going to talk a little bit about that and you know Bri- we're going we're gonna to check out Bryce here to, to let him make a pick and you know see how right he can be uh, yeah he you know I just want to shout out he has yet to make any playoff picks though so I think that's a little I did I picked for the for the, for the uh, AFC and the NFC championship game ah you did I did. I we did. We that. both Maybe did. The AFC. I don't remember any NFC specific, like specifically, definitively saying. Yeah, I did. Yeah, hey, I did. I did. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I, I just like another few seconds. So, um, in case you don't know, Kansas City Chiefs are back again to see if they can repeat Tom Brady yet again for the I don't know how many times, but ten. This is ten Super Bowl. What? This is ten Super Bowl. Ten Super Bowl. Looking for his seventh ring. So, um, there's actually a stat. 
it is more likely that Tom Brady will get to the Super Bowl than Stephen Curry will hit a three-pointer, percentage-wise. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. That that's a crazy. I mean, like Steph, I think he shoot like forty-four percent, but yet Tom Brady has a forty-eight percent chance, according to his past seasons, to make the Super Bowl. Anyway, Bryce, who do you have and why? I got the Kansas City Chiefs repeating, and I have the repeating because I just don't think um, Tampa Bay can keep up with them offensively. They got the weapons, no doubt, but uh, I, the 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 Chiefs are like they were clicking on all cylinders. Last game. And the Buccaneers did not. They had a good first half against Green Bay. But Tom Brady did. He did throw three interceptions. He did. Like, he did everything in his power. Like, I, I don't know if at halftime if he switched his jersey with Jameis Winston's jersey. I don't know what I don't know what happened. But he was throwing that thing to Green Bay like they was his teammates. And he did everything in their power to, to help them or try to get them back in the game. So, if he plays like that, it's going to be ugly. Um, but... I just don't have faith in that in that Tampa Bay secondary. Um, I think I think Tampa Bay will defend Travis Kelsey a bit better than than uh, Buffalo did because Buffalo doesn't defend tight ends well at all. So I think that will kind of neutralize that. But I just think that Tyreek Hill. I I expect because Tyreek Hill torched him during the regular season. Yeah, like he damn near had a career day in one quarter, right? Yeah, over 200 yards and like two touchdowns and that one crazy quarter was crazy. Um, so I I expect him to have a field day because I think um, Tampa Bay. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have like backups at like the safety spots. So I really expect them to to to, to eat up that. And I, I just like the Chiefs defense. Like I said, they have a bend but don't break defense. I think they will be able to get after Tom Brady a little bit. Um, I think it'll be a close game, like. To me, like, toward, I think in the beginning, the Chiefs would kind of get jump out to a league. I think Tom Brady do what he normally does, which is kind of, like, close the gap a little bit. But I still see the Chiefs winning about, like, 10 points. Yeah, because the, pro- the problem that I see with, with the defense is, you know, when you got guys like Tyree Kill and Kelsey, you, you can't man them because he's too fast for you. But then if you go to a zone, there's too many gaps. So you kind of have to work with, you know, how, how well you want to do that. Um, not Because Patrick, can, he, he cuts you off at mid. He can go deep. I mean, I mean he's all around. Um, the thing is, is it, and I don't really know. I mean, not that he's performed bad, but I don't know if Brady can pull out one more. I mean, this, I mean, seven rings is is, is is hard. I mean, two is hard. Three is hard. I mean, but I mean the fact, and he's got a lot of weapons. So, to me, the big factor is can Kansas City defense hold him? Because now that he's got three or four different options, if he can make those options work really well, he may be able to compete offensively. So I think this is really a defensive battle. Of I mean, I think the offense is. I mean, not that Patrick Mahomes can't outgun him, but I'm just saying I think that the defense will be a key factor how, how well the defense can stop the other teams. Um, and, 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 you know, I think the run game plays a big deal into that just because, you know, working with play action, how that's going to, you know, how that can develop because if you can't stop the Rams to do play action and, guy, and, and you know, moments can move. But to make a pick, that, that's, that's tough because I'm not a Brady hater. I mean, like, you know, you hate him because he wins. I do respect him now. Obviously, I didn't like him on the pages, but you know, everybody, nobody likes people like that. But I'm really sour because the Chiefs beat my Niners in the Super Bowl, so it's like almost like I don't want to root for him. But I do want my, you know, Mahomes to have a promising career, so it's almost like picking more of an emotional type win. But they're younger. Their offense is just insane. I don't think anyone's been able to stop Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill is too fast for that defense. 
no matter if you give these guys enough time to rest, I think I'll pick uh, Kansas City. Hmm. I, um... Especially because it's also the second time, though, that the Brady has lacked to perform in the second half. And to me, the later ends of the Super Bowl are where it counts more. And the fact that it seems like he may, I mean, he's he's a big, I mean, he took four touchdowns. And one, I mean, he, he, he's come back in the Super Bowl. It's his thing. But I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll get that opportunity as clear with Kansas City. Well, well, pretty much in this game, honestly, if I'm if I'm uh, Tampa Bay, it's really simple. You got Leonard Fournette, you got Ronald Jones II. Take, get the ball, hold it, and run the ball down Kansas City's throat. That's what you do. It worked for San Francisco last um, last year. They went away from it, and it cost them the game. Do the same. If, if I'm uh, if I'm Tampa Bay, I do the same thing. Hold the ball, run the ball down their throat, keep it close, and then if you're in striking distance, make your move. Yeah, you got you got to keep the ball as much as you can. And throwing just a throw a bunch of passes may not be the way. Other thing I will say is I understand it was the Patriots, but Tom Brady has dealt with Mahomes before and did beat him in a in a gun out and then in an AFC Championship game. So he does have a lot of weapons, and it doesn't seem like I mean he's not. I don't know if he's necessarily performing worse or better. Obviously, the three picks, you know, we can start to see some gaps in his game, but I mean, he's a primetime player, and he's been here before many, many times, so it'll be interesting to see how he how he deals with that. But right now, Kansas City is the favorites to win, not by a huge margin, but right now people do have Kansas City pick, and at least that's what, that's what Las Vegas says. <laughs> um, but from there, we will move things onto a different tier. We're going to the NBA now. And the first thing we're going to start with is since the trade of James Harden, the Nets are now 8-2 of their last 10 games. They, Kyrie Irving's back. Kevin Durant's shooting the ball very well. James Harden's playing the ball very well. They're almost averaging 25 each player. And they're starting to cruise now. Bryce, the Nets, and they're looking the East. They're not, I mean, obviously they've had some bumps, so they're not first in the East. They're not, I don't even think they're top three yet, but they're close. The Nets, the Nets, the Nets. Um, they're balling. They are balling. Um, I can't. We we shouldn't be too surprised, right? Your team has Kevin Durant, James right, no, Harden. You know, they're they're second in the East. Um, they are second. Okay, so they uh, made it there. That's yeah, right. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Um, they are the prohibitive favorites to make it out of the East, and rightfully so. They have the best. Unless, unless you're me. Unless you're me. Right. Well, unless you're you, um, but they have the most talent. But uh, Kevin Durant's on a mission this year. That you, he, it's like he hasn't missed a step. He's coming out gunning. Like I said, like and like I said, the other couple, a couple episodes ago, James Harden. I don't know what. I, I guess he got his powers back because the guy from the beginning of the season in Houston, uh, he left that in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like he, that new year, new me. He meant that. Cause he changed in a heartbeat. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he went from it's like it's like he was Mrs. Doubtfire in Houston. Now he back to being Robin Williams in in, in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? So uh I, I I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, they look good. They don't play no defense at all. I mean, they keep th- that's gonna be their downfall, bro. Like the fact that they can't they wanna keep scoring with everybody. Cause I mean they had a game today. Um, but they lost to the Wizards, one hundred and forty-nine to one hundred and forty-six. 
their last game against the Thunder. They won 147 to 125. And game before that, the Nets they beat the Hawks 132 to 128. So they just they're trying to you you can tell Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni are are the coaches for this team. You know what I'm saying? Because they're just trying to outscore everybody. Obviously, we, me and you both know we've watched a ton of basketball, so we know that type of style does not work in the playoffs. The game will slow down. It will get bogged down. But uh, well, right and, now, and, they're know, looking the good. Teams, multiple times, the, 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 the defensive scheme will change. So if they do try to – I hate to say it, Mike Buttholes is just like, let's keep it rolling. I understand if you lose a game, but once you start losing two and three, it's like, look, you can't just sit, sit here expecting like – three after three and just, you know, offensive pick and rolls and give and goes just are going to fall together because, again, you can't just put a bunch of talent and expect to win championships. It doesn't happen that way. These guys have to perform and help each other as a team. Still, This is still a team game unit as to win, and that's why LeBron is so successful because the whole team is involved. He makes everybody better. I think Kevin Durant can do that. I think James Harden is good at doing that. He gets triple doubles. Kyrie Irving is definitely a great point guard. But there has to be, you know, I just they need to still perform that team game. And, and yes, I mean, I don't know why they're struggling so much on the defensive end. Maybe James Harden has a little bit to do with that because he's always been criticized for his defense. But I mean, well, Kyrie, well, well, Ky- well, you got your starting out of your starters. You got Kyrie, who's not a good defender. James Harden, who's an average okay defender. He's not bad as he used to be. Joe's ha- Joe Harris is not a good defender. So uh, most of the guys that are that's coming that's playing aren't that great defensively right, as they, it is. They lost so. Jared Allen, they're good rim protection. So I mean I know Kevin Durant's still six nine, six ten, but if he's playing out on the perimeter, you know, there's a lot of inside gaps. Uh, you know, I don't see necessarily Kyrie or you know, Kevin Durant guarding off or, or James Harden guarding a you know, one through five kind of guy. So that'll be definitely interesting to see how they play with the inside, which is to me why they wouldn't be able to beat the Lakers. Uh, and or maybe the Bucks, um you know, well maybe that's just me, but <laughs> Um, I, I don't think they'll problem with the Celtics with that. That's not too big of a deal. But I do agree. I think there's just too much on this offense. You have to understand that the, this is defense is a big part of the game just as much as offense is. And the fact that you lost to the Wizards in a shootout is interesting. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's just a regular season, but still. Yeah, like I said, I I, I expect... I First of all, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I'm, I got them coming out of the East. Um, I expect them to be there at the whole shooting shebang at the end. But hopefully they pick up their defensive pace because if they don't, um, they're in for a rude awakening come come uh, come finals NBA finals time. But uh, they're looking good, man. They are looking good though. You you're, you should be worried. You should be worried. Yeah, obviously nobody cares. I got the Bucks coming out the East. I'll have the Bucks coming out the East even if they don't make the playoffs. Jesus um, Christ. We're, I mean they're third, but I'm just saying. Anyway, the the interesting the thing I am worried about is the is the Sixers. The Sixers are actually first place in the East. They have a two and a half game lead over the Nets. And Joel Embiid is only averaging about two, about three assists, but he's averaging over tw- almost 29 points per game and about 12 rebounds. Joel Embiid is now—I mean, he's even considered for the MVP vote. Um, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We've talked about the Sixers a lot with you know the switch of the process, new coaching. They've made that 180 turn pretty quick, and now they're first in the East, and they're playing very well. Yeah, I um, I seeing the Sixers succeed pisses me off. It pisses me off for a couple of reasons. One is because I talked a lot of crap about Doc Rivers in the offseason, and now I got to kind of swallow that pill. So I'm petty. Two, um, 
They got Seth Curry, who should have never been, who Dallas should have kept. And we stink up. We stink right now. So I'm annoyed by that. But uh, I am happy for Joel Embiid. Um, I hope he continues. Because to be honest with you, this is LeBron is it's pretty much is his MVP to lose. If the Lakers finish with the best record in the West, he's going to get it. But if, if they slip a little bit, if they slip a little bit, and the, and the Sixers are able to have the top spot for the season, and he grabs, and Joel Embiid grabs that MVP, then finally, finally, he would have formed what we all thought he could be. You know what I'm saying? This just dominant player on both ends of the ball. But we all know when it comes to the Sixers, we all know it's going to come down to one thing and one thing only. What the hell is Ben Simmons going to do come playoff time when it comes to just being like shooting the ball? Because if, if teams are able to just... Because in the playoffs, they can say, screw Ben and double Joel, you know what I'm saying? And now you got all kinds of problems. So, right, you and know. Then, and Ben's only going to go inside. He can't, he's not going to shoot the ball outside 15 feet. So, I mean, unless you make him. So, you know, there's they're, the lane's going to be jammed and there's not much they can do offensively then for that point. You know, Tobias Harris is their best option right. to then start shooting the ball. But, uh... They look good though. Like I said, I've um, seen I've seen some games from them. They look good, man. Uh, Doc Rivers has he's impressed me. He's impressed me what is what is what is what he's been able to do. Um, we'll see if they can keep this up. Like I said, like I said, yeah, you, that, you got Milwaukee. I definitely agree. It's a waiting thing to see how they continue because you know teams do this all the time. You know, late or early in the season, it's the it's after it's once the road starts to come in like March. Late February, when it's like, okay, now you've been on the road now. Like, like, there's this lingering season. How long can you keep this pace up for a long period of time throughout, you know, the whole season, you know, the injury, you know, just the pain? Um, Hopefully, you know, I know the fans maybe don't like it without talking about it. Hoping Giannis can ring in a third one if they can get the best record in the East. You know, they're only three games back. Um, But I do agree that, you know, taking Giannis out of the conversation even, or beat anybody, it, Whoever you want to put there, Giannis and Bede, or you know, Kevin Durant, it's LeBron's MVP to lose. It is. Because they look they look really good in the West. Um, I mean, obviously, Utah's – I just want to shout out to Utah. They're performing very well. They have the best record in the NBA. Um, but, you know, Sam Bay winning MVP, on, I mean, you know, statistically. Um, but the, the Clippers look good as well. But I definitely think you're right. It's LeBron's MVP to lose, depending on how the winning works versus the East and the West. Yeah, and um... – and also, and yeah, shout out to shout out to uh, Utah, who did have their they had like eleven game winning streak. Beat us to beat the Mavericks in the process, uh, without Donovan Mitchell. Go figure. Uh, yeah, I did see that. But uh, they had they got they had their streaks now today by by Denver, who I was wrong about. When my dad watches this, I'll eat crow on that. I was talking all kinds of smack about Denver and Jamal Murray before the season started. I was right to start the season, but they turned it around. But the Clippers have quietly. Quietly, yeah. quietly, killing. I want to make that clear. Quietly are in second place. First, they're in first place now. Oh, because never lost. Utah lost. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, because Utah lost. Yep. Okay. Yeah, quietly have been there. Yeah, they've been, I, they've been killing. They've been killing. I haven't watched their games. I really haven't been focused on their stats, but I know that they are up there, and now they're in first place. So quietly have been, have been there just because, I don't know, I think a lot of people were just really just playing with last year and maybe were just like, I don't want to watch it, but they are there. Yeah, they have the so, best record in the NBA right now. Best record in the NBA right now. So, um, Utah, do you think Utah can keep it up? Yes. Do you think they can perform this well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I do. Uh, great defense. They've always had a great defense. Bogdanovich is just, he keeps shooting the ball incredibly well. And I do disagree with Shaq. I think Donovan Mitchell can make this team better. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what the hell. Sha- Shaq was tripping. Um, yeah, he, he's been doing that a lot lately, though. Yeah, he, he was tripping. But, uh, yeah, man, like I said, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll see with Philadelphia because you got Milwaukee coming out the East. I got Brooklyn coming out the East. So if the Sixers was to come out, they'll make, they'll make asses out of me and you. So we'll see if, if they can, if they can do that. I don't think they I will. Think we'll see. I mean, we got Celtics coming out over, over Philly, know. but yeah, they crib. They, and I, I don't see that. So NBA is starting to heat up. We love it. Me and Bryce are definitely big, big fans of the NBA. We've already talked about that more than we should. But it's okay. This is how we do it. We are going to go more on to baseball now. Um, this is a little bit, you know, a little more intense baseball than we usually are. So, um, something interesting that's a really big story. It's the first time in eight years that the Baseball Hall of Fame has inducted, they had zero inductees for the class of 2021. Um, just so you know, in order to pass, you have to collect 75% of ballots by the Baseball Writers Association of America, who I think are trash based on just, you know, this year. Um, so they elected the, they elect, they failed to elect anybody into the Hall of Fame. It's just some of the people that were close. Guys like Kurt Schilling uh, received 71% of the votes. Um, you had Barry Bond on the list. You had Roger Clemens and Scott Rowland, who was above 52%. So those, those are like four guys that really could have made it, but were then maybe, I guess, cheated out of it a little bit. Um, Bryce, what, I mean, I know you have some thoughts about some of these players who, who, do you think, who do you think was cheated the most? Who do you think was cheated the least, I guess? Cheated the most, Barry, cheated the most is Barry Bonds. Um, Barry Bonds should have been in the Hall of Fame. That whole thing about steroids, I'm so over that. Like He was a, he was a Hall of Famer before that crap anyway. And uh, Go ahead. I agree with that. Me and Bryce have talked about baseball a lot uh, off air, and I'm very critical of Barry Bonds at 73 home runs in 2001. And the whole steroid thing. I, I do not give him the. I do not give him that. <clears throat> I do. I don't worry. I do. I not, give it to him. He is worry. not my home run. He is not my home run king. Hank Aaron is. I think Albert Pujols is a better player than Barry Bonds. But Barry Bonds, back in the nineties, when you know, when the whole show with you know Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, he was doing forty. He was in the forty forty club. Forty home runs, forty stolen bases every single year. After people started to break that barrier. He only played 122 minor league games and was called up to the big show. So, and he's a great field, he was a great fielder before he got all jacked. So, he's an all star. He's no, he's you know even taking that 2001 and seasons beyond that, he's a heck of a player. He was always a great great player. And I think that you know despite the steroids, he still deserves being in the Hall of Fame because he was a great great player. Um. Anyway, Bryce, continue on of who you think was cheated the least. Well, Scott Rowland, to me, was cheated the least. Primarily because he, he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell to me of getting in the World Series. I'm getting him to yeah, I think, I, think I think he's a Hall of Famer, but anyway. Yeah, um, getting into the Hall of Famer. You guys have talked about Chris how is he a Hall of, How is Scott Rowland a Hall of Famer? Take And take your bias out of it, the fact he played for the Cardinals. How is he a Hall of Famer? Um, he's, he was Rookie of the Year. He's got a Silver Slugger, eight-time Gold Glove, seven-time All-Star. He's got a ring. Uh, he didn't. He's he's got. He has a great bat. I mean, he, he played the he played all sides of the of the field very well. He played every ounce very well. Uh, he 
I don't know. When I think of Hall of Fame, I don't think of Scott Rowland, but I, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe he gets well, he in, but not for a reason. I mean, yeah, you will get on a ballot, but like, I, I don't know. 52%. More, more people thought he was deserving than less. And that was just like, he's like, he's like, I mean, he's his fourth year on the ballot. He's got six more years to go. Uh, interesting enough, uh, just to point that out, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are running out of time. I don't like Roger Clemens. I think he's a piece, of, I think he's kind of a piece of trash with his whole stairway thing. And just, I read his book, um, not, not a very good book, but just the whole thing with that. But Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are running out of time. But like I said, Bryce, I want to hear your thoughts on Kurt Schilling because we talked a little bit about this before the podcast. Um, I guess and a little bit about Roger Clemens and your thoughts on that. Yeah, so let's be clear, right? Because I don't want to be a hypocrite because I brought this point up um, years ago when I talked to people about the whole Terrell Owens thing in the NFL, right? Is what you do off the field or how people perceive you off the field or off the court or whatever, to me should not be a reflection of your Hall of Fame candidacy because that to me should be strictly based off on, you know, on on the, um, like on the, like what you do on the field, right? It should be strictly based off performance, right? However, we all know that's not true, right? We all know that everything you do can be held against you when it comes to stuff like this. You know what I mean? Especially because and they're biased. Writers are biased. Very biased. Right. Well, they're human. You know what I'm right. saying? Like they they're, can't. They're they can't. They can't separate the player from the from the man. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Just like just like in music, when artists do all this crazy stuff and people stop listening to that music, people can't take separate the artist from the person. So the same thing applies. Writers can't separate the the athlete from the person off that. So, Kurt Schilling. Go ahead. Yeah, well, and their emotion, you know, just the fact that, like, let's look at a player, but then the emotion of what their off-field stuff impacts them, how they feel about a player. Like, you called Brett Favre about the whole election thing, you know, or, the, you know, kind of made you feel different about Brett Favre and things like that, which we'll you know, talk about in a minute. Uh, which I understand. I understand how it's human, but we do like to, you know, hopefully that they could get rid of that. But, you know, I, I guess it's part of the game, you know. You need to be a decent person around, which I don't think is very hard to be, but... I'm not a famous athlete, so. Yeah, he, well, well, I, I say that to say that Kurt Schilling should have known, right? He should have known that everything that he was doing was going to be held against him. Why he is surprised is beyond me. You know what I mean? Like, bro, they, they, they're, right. they're, they're, like, no disrespect to Kurt Schilling, but, like, if Pete Rose and get in the Hall of Fame or banned from baseball because he because of the, he bet it, which is now we twenty twenty one being the the savants we are, we all think that's dumb. You know what I mean? Like, come on, whatever is it's betting. He bet on his team to win. Not like he bet it against them to lose and, and cheated them like that. Like, whatever. Right. Um. So I was like, dude, you 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 did stuff right that could embarrass Major League Baseball. You know what I'm saying? You made post about. You know, you know about Black Lives Matter. You made posts about, you know what I mean, transgender people. You supported uh, the Capitol riots. Like, dude, like, you, you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. And he keeps coming out and talking about, you know, take me off the ballot. What what, what I always say, what is my example, right? Him, him telling himself, or him telling Major League Baseball 
They take them out, take him off the ballot so he can be put into the uh, the veterans committee or whatever. It's like it's like that guy who quits before being fired. Like, bro, you weren't gonna right. get in anyway. You know what I'm saying? So you just save yourself the embarrassment. He ho- what he's hoping for is enough time goes by that people forget about his stuff, his actions, and he gets in. Well, unfortunately for you, Kurt. You you keep doing dumb sh- you know what I mean dumb stuff like you keep coming you keep opening up your mouth you know what I mean like had like had I promise you had Kurt Schilling not said anything about the the capital stuff I promise you or had he not said anything recently he would have got in right he's got two rings he's been with two different teams great great pitcher yeah and he, I mean he's a part of two historical moments right he's a part of he's a part of the um the game uh. The, the 2001 World Series against the Yankees that was post 9/11. He, you know what I mean. He toppled the, the Yankees. He toppled. Yeah, was part of the Diamondbacks. He toppled the Yankees who were coming off three straight World Series. So he's a part of that historic moment, and he's also a part of the Red Sox. You know what I mean? The whole bloody sock and him them breaking the curse and all that kind of stuff. So you right, can't and, and come back 3-0 against the Yankees when they were down 3-0. Right. Well, you know that's all a part of the same year. But yeah, uh, the same. So. He's a part of an important part of baseball, but I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him at all. It's a classic case of you, you, you. He was. He, what's that phrase about the, the the checks that you can't cash? You know what I mean? Like he, he wanted. Yeah. You know what he? Let me phrase it. He wanted his cake. He wanted his cake and eat it too, right? He wanted to be able to uh, to talk out the side of his neck, but still get rewarded for his actions. Just like no, dude. Like, unfortunately, across all sports, across all Hall of Fames, what you do off the field will affect your candidacy. Especially if you keep doing dumb thing, one dumb thing, or saying one dumb thing after another. Nobody cares about your political affiliations. You vote for who you want to vote for. You want to vote for Trump, vote for Trump. No one's going to hold that against you. But when you start talking down about the Black Lives Matter movement, which kind of makes you, I hate to say this, but you know what I mean? That kind of makes you anti, like, black black rights, you know what I mean? Let's just call it what it is. Right, you anti, you know, you're making comments against transgender people, and you're supporting, you know, treasonous acts. What are we supposed to think about you? Who wants to show up to support a guy like that? Nobody. And if I'm Major League Baseball, I wouldn't want us, I wouldn't want a guy to be, to be, go to the, go to the Hall of Fame now we gotta give all these speeches and stuff, and we all hate. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be awkward. Like we don't right, want to be up there. We don't want you to. We don't want to celebrate you. We we rather leave. We would literally rather you just fade into fade into nothing. So I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't feel bad for him. He did it to himself. Yeah, I do think though sometimes the uh, just in general that the Baseball Writers Association of America are a little, you know, just a little, you know, hardcore. I understand that it's hard to be a hundred percent voted in, but. Like, last year, Derek Jeter wasn't 100%. He missed one vote. I don't know who would have voted against that. Uh, Mariano Rivera is the only person to be unanimous, but just stuff like that to me sometimes makes me upset. Um, so, you know, this, this, just to say that, you know, they're not necessarily, like, doing the right thing all the time. But I do definitely see how, you know, some of these guys, you know, look, like we said, no, maybe it shouldn't affect you, but the fact that it does, you should already then assume that it's going to affect you anyway, the fact that you do off the field. That, you know, we're all talking about this is just about how you play, but look, that's not how they're going to grade it. You know they have emotions, so you better just play along with that. And making those comments aren't helping you at all. So, um, 
you know, obviously people have, you know, 10 years to be on the ballot. They made that decision was made in 2014. So, Ray Bonds, Roger Clemens running out of time. Roland's got some more time. Kurt Schilling, you know, to be determined with that. Um, Bryce, anything else you want to say about that? No, I'm good. Let's talk about the Kurt, Kurt Schilling, the better for me. Okay. And those are the only four, in honor of the other names, those are only four names that have more than 50% of the votes that really were close. But now the, the last thing we'll talk about with baseball is um, Nolan Arellano, um has been traded. Wait, say that again? To Nolan Arenado. Say his name one more time for me. Nolan Arenado. Why do you say it like that? Arenado. What do you mean? How you say it? Nolan Arenado. Arenado? Like that? Arenado. Well, because in Mexican Spanish, the E is pronounced like an A, so you make Arenado. And if he's, if, and I think it's a Hispanic name, so I'm just trying to pronounce it correctly. If it is a Hispanic name, Arenado is how is is kind of like how you'd say it at least. But I could be wrong on that, but I know how the E is supposed to be pronounced. Anyway, he was. He was traded to to the Cardinals, uh, which we which. They're calling a steal right now. Um, and Colorado's got to fork over $50 million to cover their tracks. Now, he does have a no-trade clause and, and his opt-out. So, he, I mean, he, you know, there's a lot more specifics that they have to, you know, figure out. But the fact is, is people are calling this just a, a you know, a steal. This is a, a heist, actually, with the word the Sports Illustrated used. This is a heist for um, the Cardinals. Uh, all right, now, in case people don't know, he is a... a uh, he's he's a big time player. Hits over. I mean, he's a hits over forty home runs as, as a shortstop. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a third baseman. Um, he's a five time All Star, four time Silver Slug, uh, eight time Gold Glover. So he plays the defense and the offense. Big time hitter. People thought. I mean, he had a little bit of problem. I know with the Rockies personally with their with their management. Uh, but in his you know AM major league seasons, he's definitely performed very very well. And so I'm, you know, Cardinals have been kind of looking for an offensive plug ever since, you know, you you go back to when they lost Albert Pujols and then Jordan Hayward, you know, they've kind of been struggling to find that guy. And I think, you know, he could be a big plug into the whole, um, you know, play along with guys like Mike Goldsmith and things like that. So I think it's a good move. It is a steal, but logistics are still be working that out on that. And it's hometown for me and Bryce. I don't know if you're a Cardinal fan. I am. No, no, I am. And when it comes to the Cardinals. What do we always say? What are, what does everybody always get mad about? Is the fact that when anytime there's like a big guy, a big that's available in free agency, the Cardinals seem to not you know kind of sit on their hands. So it's good that they made a move. They made a move. You know what I mean? They made a move. It was a, a big dog available. They went aggressive and they went out and they got him. You know what I'm saying? And Normally, when we go out and get a big a, a big tank like that, you know what I'm saying, it works out for us. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was like a guy like Matt Holiday in the past, like a Lance Berkman in the past. Like I'm hoping that this trend kind of continues. That you know he can link up with Goldschmidt. They can smack home runs all over uh, Bush Stadium, and uh, you know hopefully we because is, Col- is Colton Wong still available? Because I want to take care. Of, I want to then bring him back as well. Yeah, I'm not too clear on that, um, but just just to give you a, a run, I mean, obviously this last year was different because only 40 games, but the season before that, he had 41 home runs with 118 RBC, 
RBIs with a 315 batting average. Um, so nothing, nothing sort of there. And like I, you know, like I said, he's he's Gold Glover, easily. So and he played 155 games, so it's not like he's taking breaks all the time. So he's definitely a top-notch kind of guy. Nothing really moving on the bases, so I'm not sure necessarily if he's like a you know guy to get out there and run. But is he's his on base is his slugging combined. His OPS is 962, which is good stuff, in case you don't know stats. But that's good stuff right there, stuff we like to see. He, I mean, all I add out is the real deal. Plays great defense at third base, like you okay. said. Can, can hit. Um, he's legit. He's a stud. I expect him. Consistent. That's the problem. The Cardinals have a lot of problems with getting, finding guys being consistent. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's, he's yeah. Well, I mean, he like you said, he's considered. He I know he had a down season last year, like you, like you mentioned, but kind of. I mean, there's only forty eight games though. So. Right, we gotta get we gotta give everybody kind of some somewhat of pa- of a pass for last year. Right, um, and then he had problems with the Rockies, and that you know we we see it in any sport like kind of with hard like that's hard to play. But if you want to look at, I mean, just stats since he came to the league. Uh, back when he really became a movie player, home runs he's got 41. RBIs, he's got 130, 133, 130, 110, 118. So it's not like he's declining or kind of going up and down. He's a consistent, kind of looking like he's about 38 to 40 home runs a year. And his batting average is about 300, which is a great player. Yeah, the only thing um, that I worry about uh, when it comes to Arenado is the Coors effect. Now that he's not going to be down there in Colorado, you know, I'm hoping he's able to kind of keep that production up. That's the only thing I, I worry about. Because, you know, you never know with the Colorado guys, right? You never know if – this is no disrespect to, to, to Colorado players, you know what I mean? But you never know if it's, like, if it's them or if they're getting a little bit more help from just the way everything – air and things set up down there in, in, in Colorado. So I'm hoping that it's not, you know, part of his game. I'm hoping it is him. That's the only thing I'm kind of worried about. But other than that, this is a great move, big move by St. Louis. Absolutely, absolutely. So, excited for that season to start. Hopefully baseball, you know, be a little bit better this year. Uh, but that's really all that we have for today. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us. Like I said, this is the 40th episode. We encourage you to watch the Super Bowl because we really want to talk about that. And it's a fun, exciting moment. Uh, my birthday is on Friday, so I'd like to let everyone hey. participate in that. <laughs> What you gonna I'm do? Twenty-three. What you gonna so, do? Turn the big two-three. Um, Michael Jordan here. What you gonna do? Yes, I was just about to say I'm a big number with the two-three with Michael Jordan. So that you know, I'm hoping a lot this year. So, um, shout out to that though. You can you can get me on uh, Facebook at Eric Bradley Radish Show or on Instagram at Eric Twenty Three Twenty. Bryce, let him let him know. Yeah, you follow me at Bryce Odin on Facebook. Follow me at Bryce SFHM Podcast on Instagram, and we out. And we out. Peace. Thank you.